forever. Dog. Comic books, comic time. Writers and artists are on the line. They make a splash as a comic's red and take us on a trip behind the spread. Watch out for comic book commentary. Spinning a winning inside fix how they got a hot idea. Narrative, character, visual tricks, and onomatopoeia. Uh huh. It's comic book commentary. Hey, my name is Stephanie Phillips. I'm a comic book writer, and I am the writer for the upcoming title Descendant from Aftershock Comics, which actually comes out May 1st, which will be in just a few days. Um, so I will be doing, I guess, kind of like a read-through of the first issue of the book, uh, which I just got to see for the first time a few days ago, and it is really cool in person. Um, kind of starting with uh, the copy I'm holding is the Wando uh regular cover, which was really, really fun to kind of come up with with Juan. So Juan is an incredible artist. If you don't know his work, you can check out things like Dark Arc from Aftershock Comics, and we were really lucky to have him as the series cover artist on Descendant. And uh, for this cover, he <laughs> Aftershock asked me if I had ideas, and we kind of wanted to do something a little little crazy since the book itself really features a lot of conspiracy theories. We kind of did a bunch of Google searches for um, like imagery surrounding all different conspiracy theories that are out there, and Juan just ran with this and like blended a whole bunch of things together on this cover that make it, I think, super interesting and unique all at the same time. Um, there is a logo repeated or a symbol repeated on this cover that's kind of repeated in, um, I think, all covers uh, for the series, which is this kind of Venn diagram looking two circles together with these little dots and squiggly lines. Uh, that is actually the jumping off point for the entire series. Uh, the symbol itself was actually found initially on the ransom note left in the Charles Lindbergh kidnapping. Um, so Lindbergh, uh, when his son was kidnapped, there were a few correspondences between the kidnapper and the Lindbergh family, and all correspondence had this weird symbol on it. Nobody really knows what that symbol means or why it was there, but it was repeated quite often throughout that kidnapping case. So that actually became kind of the impetus for the entire book. I wanted to explore some ideas and conspiracy theories about what that symbol could possibly mean. And um, it led to a bunch of kind of weird adventures in American history and kind of tying together some mysteries uh, throughout history and kind of a dark past in American history. So um, that was kind of the, the story, I guess, behind the cover. And if we open it to the credits page, um, we have myself, Stephanie, uh, creator and writer, Evgeny. Borny Akov is the artist on the series, and Evgeny is super amazing to work with. He's been a lot of fun to help kind of design all the elements of the series. Uh, you know, there are monsters, there are cults. Um, also, being a Russian-born artist, he's dealing with a lot of American history, and he has just killed it. Uh, before Evgeny and I uh, formed a, a more, like, personal relationship, you know, we were brought together by Aftershock, and I thought, this guy is gonna hate me for making him draw, like, Puritans and just all kinds of stuff throughout American history. And um, I had sent him a note, like, I'm sorry, I tried to minimize this, and he was just like, no, don't worry. And he had been kind of like looking things up and um, had gotten really into it. So it was kind of cool to be able to have somebody 
get as invested in the story as I had been while writing it. So I love working with Evgeny. Lauren Affey is the series colorist and um, bringing her on was just a unanimous decision all around. It was actually funny. I'd emailed our editor, Mike Martzen. Uh, I was like, hey, did you have a colorist in mind? Because I do. And he came back with, uh, he's like, oh, I, I love Lauren Affey. What do you think of Lauren's work? And I was like, well, that's the colorist I had in mind. So we're all on the same page that she would be a perfect fit. Um, and then the letter Troy Petrie is my uh, my letter. We work on everything together. He's been on every book I've ever worked on, um, however minimal that list may be. And he will continue to be until he is done putting up with my nonsense. So um, I love Troy's work on everything, and this series is no different from that. Um, like I said, Wando did the cover, Andre Brasson and Adriano Lucas did the incentive cover or the variant cover, which is also gorgeous and features our three main characters. Um, and then Mike Martz, I was lucky enough to have him as an editor on the series and um, was really, really, really fun to work with um, him and Christina Harrington and everybody at Aftershock to kind of put this series together. So diving into the actual story a little bit, this is, like I said, a kind of conspiracy-fueled adventure uh, that the Lindbergh kidnapping may have been the jumping-off point, but I really wanted to explore other unexplained events in American history. And through my own invention, link them together um, in a way that I, I promise is in no way historically accurate, uh, I don't know that I can make that promise. We'll see. So um, the series starts off on the opening page with a U.S. senator who's getting ready for a presidential bid. Uh, the character here, the senator character, uh, is very heavily based off of Marco Rubio um, in terms of both look and... Um, I mean, one of the interesting things about writing this series has been that there are real-life uh, historical characters that kind of appear. And at times when they speak, I really wanted to do justice to how they would have spoken either in their own time period or what their beliefs are as a character or a person. Uh, so for something like this senator character, his opening speech that he he's practicing to deliver before his bid, his presidential run is um, actually based very heavily on an actual speech that Rubio gave. And I kind of... Um, I kind of rearranged the speech a little bit to make it fit the page, but also just, you know, played with some of the text a bit, shortened it. And, um, but everything that he's saying are things that Rubio has actually said. And I really love the way that Evgeny framed this page where we start in on an American flag pin on his jacket, like really close up and then zoom out to see, um, the senator practicing this speech, but he's actually practicing it in a mirror. So he has all this passion about the speech, but he's really standing in his bathroom and his wife interrupts him and um, he's kind of a giant dick. So as we turn to page two and three, he's uh, really annoyed that his wife has interrupted him while he's practicing this speech, which for him is the most important thing in the world. Um, and as she leaves, he, he's got his, like, finger gun thing in the mirror because he's too cool for school. Um, as his wife goes to wake up the baby. And on page three, that's where we have, you know, the, his baby is gone. Um, and in the crib is a ransom note, which is based entirely on the letter that the Lindbergh family found in the nursery when Charles Lindbergh Jr. was kidnapped. So it has the symbol and the actual language of the letter is uh, the language used in the letter in the, the Lindbergh kidnapping. So it was meant to 
really heavily call on the Lindbergh kidnapping so we have immediate connection to what happened, even if you know nothing about the Lindbergh case, which will be explained throughout the series, um, you know, we, we still just open the story with um, a senator losing his child um, and some of the emotion that goes along with that. And Evgeny, again, did an amazing job, so did Lauren with, with this page, and um, Troy also got to uh, letter, you know, he, he did the um, handwritten letter of that's found in the crib from the nursery, and I just like the font and everything he used there. So turning the page, we transition to Langley Air Force Base, uh, where we have some soldiers that are kind of switching guard duty at the, the entrance to the base. And when I made this, because I'm a nerd about getting things uh, kind of right and understanding how these things operate, I actually have an uncle that's in the Air Force, and so I... I kind of just interviewed him about uh, like how Air Force Base security operates, what they look like, what they wear, how the ranking system works, um, what it entails to get into the Air Force Base. So um, as much as possible, I know it's it's a comic, but I even if it's just for my own edification to kind of learn these things, I got to talk to him a lot about um, his time on Air Force bases and tried to make this as accurate as possible, which was which was pretty fun. So um, our soldiers at the Air Force Base are are switching position, so they're kind of outside the Air Force Base, at the gates to the Air Force Base, and um, they start to see something moving towards them really fast. So if we turn the page, it ends up being um, a pickup truck <laughs> that is flying towards the gates of Langley and kind of crashes through the, the entrance gates, and it's flying a big banner that says, I know, on it. Um, and one of my favorite pages in the whole series is this next page where we just kind of have the same shot where the truck is moving away from the reader. Um, and both with the colors on like the siren and what Evgeny did with perspective on this page and the storytelling is just, I don't know, I saw this page and I was like, wow, this, <laughs> that's amazing work from an entire team because the, the only, there's no text on the page other than sound effects and I still love that they made this tell an incredible story in one page. So turning the page again, my uh, my other favorite page is this grid that um, Evgeny drew of a high-speed car chase through Langley. So once this unidentified vehicle crashes through the gates of Langley Air Force Base, obviously the um, the military is going to be very responsive to, to whatever's going on here. So we have this kind of car chase through the Air Force Base, and um, Evgeny highlighted short pieces of the car chase, but my favorite is the second panel where we see a glimpse of our main character looking in the rearview mirror at uh, military vehicles pursuing him. And I just, I love the perspective here. Like, we can tell he's still going really fast, and the detail, however small it is, is just really incredible on that page. Um, and then finally, the page ends with the the truck crashing, and our next page we reveal our main character, the story, David Corey. Um, so David Corey, we meet him as he is being arrested for breaking into Langley Air Force Base, um, and he is uh, obviously going to be taken away by the military police, and then on the next page we meet our, our next main character, uh, Amanda Mansfield, so she's walking through um, kind of like a Langley holding center, uh, and she's looking for her client, David Corey. Um, and one of my favorite uh, 
one of my favorite Amanda moments, which I also love that Evgeny loves Amanda so much because he's he's messaged me a few times and said that Amanda is his favorite character to to draw throughout the series. And um, I'm glad he feels that way. I, I really liked writing her. She is actually David's ex-wife, but she's a very intelligent attorney. Um, and kind of this last panel on, on the page where she's walking through Langley Holding Center, uh, the military police guy that she's talking to calls her Miss Mansfield and she corrects him and says Dr. Mansfield uh, which is uh, kind of a uh, a nod to a, a lot of friends of mine from grad school that you know when they finish their doctorates as as really intelligent women who are doctors who are just constantly referred to as as misses uh, whether it's in their classroom or things like that just I like this idea that they are comfortable kind of commanding respect for how much work they put into getting their doctorates. And so um, I have Amanda kind of pulling that line on them. She's she's not Miss, she is doctor, and she's really proud of the work that she's done to get here. Um, so Amanda is taken to meet David, who's in a holding center, and they acknowledge each other. And very quickly, Amanda, who is all business, is is wrapped up in David's kind of goofy behavior um, as Amanda's telling him, you know, this is not a social call, uh, he, he says, you know, this is, uh, it was a divorce, it's not a restraining order, and, you know, she comes back with, well, not yet, it's not. Um, so we clearly have some history between the two characters where they were married for a while, and it will become very apparent that Amanda, who is all business, and David, who can't even take his own arrest seriously, um, there's a very large personality gap between the two of them uh, that I think was one of my favorite dynamics to write just because, again, she's so serious and he's so far the opposite, but they have a very close uh, relationship. They have a lot of history together, um, which made them kind of antagonistic, but also uh, they still do care about one another. So we turn the page, David and Amanda are discussing kind of how to get David out of this kind of mess he's gotten himself into and Amanda establishes that this is nothing new for David, that um, she's really sick of cleaning up his messes. Uh, David runs a popular online vlog where he talks about a lot of conspiracy theories and um, kind of espouses these weird theories that he has about the government and he's got quite a following and um, so this, this stunt he pulled with kind of going through the gates of Langley Air Force Base was for the sake of uh, his vlog channel and his his followers. And Amanda's just not amused by any of this. So she does her job to kind of help get him out. And of course, he asks for money and a ride and food and things like that, um, to which we can kind of clearly see Amanda's very annoyed. And throughout this scene, I think my favorite thing is just Evgeny's facial expressions here. Um, I mean, just in in David's, like, exasperated expressions or Amanda just being annoyed that she's once again wrapped up in whatever David's nonsense is, uh, Evgeny's facial expressions throughout this, this series are just phenomenal. And each panel, I feel like, is such a good story um, in its own right, which is really awesome to see. So we transition back to the house where the kidnapping took place and we meet our third main character, uh, Joe or Joanna Hernandez, she's an agent with the FBI, and she's one of the lead agents investigating the disappearance of the senator's son. So she's inside the senator's home, 
kind of looking for forensics and um, we have a weird interaction between her and the senator and his wife. So the wife kind of comes up and is like, have you found her yet? And instead of being caring or acting in any way, like he cares about the disappearance of his son, uh, the senator himself is kind of pulling his wife away and telling her that she's now ruined the crime scene and things like that. So empathetic he is not um, throughout this scene. So Joe and her partner, Michael, are kind of investigating the scene and Joe finds, if I turn the page, Joe finds something really weird on the floor, like ash in a baby nursery. And as they move the carpet, they find that burned onto the floor of the nursery is um, the symbol. So the symbol that kind of started the entire series and will come up again and again throughout this series um, is burned onto the floor of this nursery where the child was taken. So, um, Joe is feeling really apprehensive about the case. She hasn't worked a case this big before. Um, and she knows that the clock is ticking about how long it will be to find this child alive in most abduction cases. Um, you know, that, that window is diminishing for her and Michael. And she is really worried that they won't find the child in time because she has no leads to work with or anything like that. So, um, we end with Joe and her partner kind of staring at this weird ashen symbol on the nursery floor and then transition back to David and Amanda who have left the military holding facility um, on the premise that David will attend therapy and also uh, pay quite a hefty fine. Um, they're at kind of like a diner restaurant where David is explaining what he did to him. Amanda. So he's talking about MKUltra and some other kind of mind control experiments as the basis for saying that we shouldn't trust our government so implicitly. Um, so that what he was trying to do was make a point. And his point to the US government was that he knows they're untrustworthy and that they have ulterior motives and secret cover-ups and government programs that the rest of the world don't know about. So um, while David is trying to explain this all to Amanda, she very clearly doesn't care and she's invested in, in work and kind of being done with this whole David saga. Um, and if we turn the page, they're interrupted um, by David seeing on the television the ashen symbol that was found in the baby's nursery. So the uh, the symbol, again, that's repeated throughout this series, David sees it on the television, and as a conspiracy nut, he immediately recognizes what this symbol is. Um, and he, you know, goes into an explanation of the Lindbergh kidnapping, and uh, one of my other favorite pages, I, I think just every page in this book is my favorite, uh, Lauren and Evgeny have done such an amazing job throughout. But this page, that's kind of a a bit of a flashback to an explanation of the Lindbergh kidnapping, which Lauren really gorgeously did in this kind of cool sepia tone, and Evgeny drew it as like like stacked photographs from the time period. It's really awesome. So we see um, like Lindbergh, we see the spirit of St. Louis and Lindbergh and his family, the wanted poster from the kidnapping of their son, and then the symbol that's found at the bottom of the ransom note. And this is all being shown while David is explaining, you know, what events took place during the Lindbergh kidnapping and um, 
what this symbol was that, you know, it's being shown on the television present day, but he's also saying here's why it was important during the Lindbergh kidnapping. So he's starting to link together that this symbol and present day kidnappings might have had something to do with what happened to Charles Lindbergh Jr. back in 1927. So David is starting to put the pieces together. Um, though he doesn't know what he's on to right now, he just knows this is weird. And Amanda is, again, very much, uh, you know, you're making things up. You're looking for things that don't exist. Um, you're, you're basically trying to create problems is, is her stance. And then our last page of the series, as Amanda is, is basically telling David that he is, is causing more problems um, than are needed, the news broadcast actually kind of interrupts them and says uh, another child has gone missing and they show the ransom note and David sees on the ransom note that that symbol is on the second ransom note as well. So within about 24 hours, we have two children that go missing and somehow they are linked to the Charles Lindbergh kidnapping. And right now the only person that's making that connection is David Corey. So that's where we end the first issue. And right across from the last page is the issue two cover of Descendant, which is uh, like a woman with all these cult members, but the cult members, their faces are that kind of Venn diagram symbol, which is super cool looking. And another just amazing interpretation from Juan about like what this series is about and like the dark conspiracy elements to the series, which I'm always excited to see covers from, from Juan and how those are coming out. Um, yeah, so back matter in the book. Uh, there are some process pages. Um, primarily at page nine, where we first meet David um, after he crashes in Langley. So there's some cool back matter here, as well as a preview for Killer Groove, uh, which I got to read, and that comes out later in May. Uh, I'm trying to find a date, but I think it's the end of May that that one comes out. But it was super wonderful book um, by an amazing creative team. So uh, you get a preview of that in Descendant, and then you can pick that up later from Aftershock as well. So um, yeah, that's kind of a rundown of everything that's going on in the first issue. I guess a pretty brief rundown, and I don't think my rundown really does justice to just how amazing the artwork is from both Lauren and Evgeny throughout this book. The storytelling that the two of them are able to capture, even in moments where there is not as much action and it's more about character interaction, they're absolutely phenomenal at telling that story. The facial expressions from Evgeny are always my favorite because he just, once I saw what Evgeny did with facial expressions, especially moving on to like issues two, two through five, I was like, okay, so we're going to write in a lot more expressive character interaction and things like that because Evgeny just excels at that. Um, and it's a lot of fun to, to see him come up with that. So um, that was issue one. Uh, I really loved working with this entire team and working with Aftershock. I feel really lucky that they let me tell this crazy story. Um, I really love historical fiction and putting this together has been a lot of fun to just kind of learn new things and I think there are some fun things coming up in issues two through five as well that will um, start to unravel the mystery of what's going on with the missing kids and how that links to the Lindbergh kidnapping. Um, so we kind of hope that each issue leaves you on a bit of a cliffhanger to want to know 
what the next step in the mystery is. And um, also, as our characters begin to interact more, uh, Joe, uh, our FBI agent, is going to get mixed up with Amanda and David. And I really like the way that these three characters interact together. And I hope that you all do as well. So um, thanks for kind of letting me talk about the series and where it's headed. And actually holding it has been a lot of fun. So um, I enjoy flipping through the actual physical copy. And yeah, so issue one's out in stores May 1st. Thank you all so much for kind of listening to my rambling about the issue, but hope you pick up the issue, hope you enjoy it, and um, hope you continue to enjoy the rest of the series as well. Thanks. Forever Dog. This has been a Forever Dog production. Executive produced by Brett Boehm, Joe Cilio, and Alex Ramsey. For more original podcasts, please visit foreverdogpodcasts.com and subscribe to our shows on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Keep up with the latest Forever Dog news by following us on Twitter and Instagram, at Forever Dog Team, and liking our page on Facebook.